Hey, I'm sex, love, and relationship therapist, Dr. Laura Berman. And for the past 30 years, I've been helping people just like you learn to love and be loved better. Here on the Language of Love Conversations, I'm talking to some of the world's most influential and revolutionary experts, thought leaders, spiritual teachers, and celebrities about love, sex, and relationships from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. And that way, my goal is to awaken your mind, body, and soul. It's time to become fluent in the language of love. I am so excited for this episode of The Language of Love. S-Factor founder, actress, body whisperer, Sheila Kelly, really pioneered a feminine movement revolution. She launched a brave new practice into a very masculine world nearly two decades ago. And her own soulful journey is a passionate, personal, and really scientific study of the feminine body, the feminine soul and purpose. Her methodology and teachings are really acclaimed for their groundbreaking understanding of how the feminine best expresses itself and how an embodied woman is an empowered woman and how embodiment, in particular, the way she does it in the S factor is not only the path to freedom, but also the path to healing. So in this episode, we're discussing how she came to discover S factor. Really, there are five different feminine powers that we all possess. How to discover your unique erotic type and the amazing power and pleasure of learning to get out of your mind and into your body's full erotic expression. I am so excited to share this with you. I am so excited, first of all, to see you on camera, at least to talk to you. It's been too long. It's been too long. And I've been following you, of course, I always do. And so excited to see all the different incarnations of the work you're doing. I have so much to talk to you about, but let's just start with the beginning a little bit, just to give everybody a context of how S-Factor started, Mm -hmm. Okay, the inspiration for it and what its main, maybe how that purpose has evolved, although Mm. I know it's still basically the same. Boy, do you want the long story or the short story, Laura? Whichever story you want to tell. All right. (laughs) So I, as you know, I'm an actor. And 28 years ago, I did a film and I had to go into strip clubs to actually learn about the character of a, of a stripper that I was playing. She didn't dance in the movie I did. It was called Breaking In. But I had to go kind of learn about these different well, characters that might mm-hmm. work in a strip club. So I fell so madly in love with the dancing. And I was just, wow, these women are so overt and so free and so provocative. I mm-hmm. want to learn how to do this. But I'm so shy that I'm way too shy to have been a professional dancer that I, I raised $4 million to shoot a little movie called Dancing of the Blue Iguana. It was an improvisational film. So it took about five years to get that going. And I got to create this magical moment where it was myself, Daryl Hannah, Sandra Oh, Jennifer Tilly, Michael Radford was, was at the helm. He was the director. He's the director who directed Il Postino, phenomenal British mm-hmm. director. But this magical moment. And I was able to go into the strip clubs with my shyness and actually learn this movement that had uh, I had become so smitten by because it was just so empowered. It felt so powerful. It felt like these women were a force of nature. And I wanted that. 
I wanted that. Are you saying that you decided to create this movie, raise the money to make this movie so that you could be allowed to learn to strip? It was the most expensive dance lesson I've ever taken. (laughs) It's probably the most expensive. Well, you're resourceful, girl. When you want something, you're going to find a way to get it. (laughs) Rather than just going into a strip club and saying to one of the women, teach me what you do. You, no. you decided to make it into a creative project so you could just exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Way too shy for that. But it Aww. was incredible. Got to do it. Got to learn it. It's a six month improvisational film. And what I found, Laura, is that in doing an improvisational film is different from doing a narrative film or a written film. Yeah. I actually had to find the character within myself. I had to find this erotically empowered woman, this woman who lived through her eroticism in my and I thought, hey, I'm sexy. Hey, I, yeah. I have a great sex life. I can do this. The first day of rehearsal, I got up in this little pink outfit, frilly, ruffled, off the shoulder, pink skirt, like a little ice cream cone and these fluffy pink sandals. And my body was like, get this fucking outfit off of me. I feel like I'm going to throw up. My body was so angry at me. I froze up. I couldn't mm. dance. I couldn't move. It was an extraordinary awakening for me because I thought, hey, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a normal, sexually healthy woman. What I wasn't, I didn't have a clue who I was mm. as a sexually empowered woman. I did not know who I was as an erotic creature in every cell of my body. So I spent the next four or five months of the filmmaking process, diving into these clubs, meeting different strippers, women who became my mentors. And mm-hmm. one of them's name was Devin. One of them's name was uh, Nic- uh, Nicole. It was an extraordinary moment. And I, they would teach me on the off hours and yeah. they would take me shopping. And then how does that feel? How does that feel? I ended up in like this black vinyl with chains and thigh high black vinyl boots, this very sexy, dark, hot outfit. My erotic, it turns out, was some part of quite S and M and and well, a little badass. Little badass badass. And I want to talk about that, but I just want to push the pause button for a minute because I think a couple of things that you said are so important. First of all, that for so many of us, I think for most of us, you can feel like, okay, I know who I am sexually. And I know you've also talked about this. I mean, I remember when I first learned about you, it was probably more than a decade ago on the Oprah Winfrey show, right? I don't know how long that was you did that, but that's when a lot of people in the world first learned about you, this part of your work anyway. I know we've known you as an actor for a long time, but you talked, I remember even on that show, and you and I have talked about this at times through the years about how, even though you had a great marriage, and Mm -hmm. as you said, you had a great sex life, that there was a way in which you weren't showing up as your full, as you call it, I love that term, your full erotic creature. And I also love what you said about how your body, because my guess is you, like the rest of us, thought you were in your body, right? But you weren't necessarily. And so all of a sudden, as you step into this scene, this improvisational scene, your body starts pushing back, right? And that journey it was with these mentors was discovering, and I've seen you take other women through this process as part of S-Factor, discovering 
who your erotic creature is. Because for some women, going up there, being in the pink, frilly, lacy thing is yep. your true erotic inner erotic creature, right? 100%. 100% agree with that. Everybody is idiosyncratically different and unique. And you really have to take this journey deep into the body and awaken what society has shut down. Society yeah. has shut down our sensuality, our erotic, and our emotions. And when you wake those three things up and you let them sing through your body, that's when you discover who you are and how you approach love. Yeah. We're going to talk about this too. That's also when a lot of the wounds start to surface too, because as you start to open that door that not only society has closed, I mean, you're absolutely right that, and I want to get into this with you, that we're objectified, but we're not empowered no, we're not in our full erotic expression. We're kind of encouraged to be in a stereotypical erotic expression that that's right. That society deems porn worthy or man worthy or whatever that is, or right? Male gaze worthy, right? Yes, male, male gaze, gaze worthy. worthy because it's not actually who I am. It's not how I feel. It's not about how I find pleasure or how I experience pleasure. It's what looks good to a third eye. That's mm-hmm. what we're taught. We're taught how to look good for a third eye. And then yeah. we feel sexy because we get a lot of attention, but we don't really feel it. We yeah. don't really know how, you know, really the erotic creature, the search for your erotic creature, Lara, is finding out what brings pleasure and euphoria and bliss to my body. Do I yeah. like to be tied up? Do I like to she be- She holds in- up her harness. <laughs> <laughs> Do I like to have frilly, like um, frilly little fluffy clothes on me? Yeah. I wanted to ask you about this actually, just really quickly. This concept of binding or tying yourself up, I've noticed is something that's gaining a lot of traction. A lot of women are asking me about it. And I wanted to get your take in it because I know when I've watched your classes, some women are bound up on their arms or on their legs Mm -hmm. or wearing like something like that harness you were just showing. So tell me about binding and and what the erotic (laughs) potential of it is. Well, I love that you're asking this question because this goes back to the deep treasure hunt of who I am as an erotic creature. And so we try everything on, right? We try the silk robes. We try fluffy things. We try things that bind our bodies. And some women will find that the, like, for example, I wear this, I don't know if this is a podcast, but I'm holding up a harness that I wear around my waist with elastic black bands. And then they also go around my thighs. And what I found in my exploration of my erotic body is that when I put this harness on and it has a certain kind of uh, stretchiness, but it has a tightness around my waist and my thighs, I love the pressure that it puts on those parts of my body when most of my body, I'm wearing booty shorts and a bra and that's about it. So this binding, I find it really provocative erotically. It makes me feel very turned on and I like to take it and snap it on my skin. Yeah. I like to snap it on my thighs. It's like a little bit of the pain and it's, does it feel like containment? Is it-, it feels, it's a beautiful word, containment. It feels like a boundary. Mm-hmm. It feels a little bit fiery. It feels a little defiant. It feels a little naughty. It feels like I'm pushing and breaking down boundaries that have been set for me. Like you cannot wear those. They're too provocative. It's too strappy. It's too sexual. And 
there's a part of me that is my body loves pushing the envelope, right? It's erotically satisfying. It's titillating to be that provocative. And the somatic feeling, I love the word you use of containment, especially around my waist. I love that a lot. I sometimes wear something around my wrist and I also really love that. And that also probably simulates an erotic desire to possibly restrain my pleasure so that I explode out of the restraints. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that I have some tension pulling you back That's so right. that you can push free of it. And that's exactly right. That's my sense. Uh, I mean, I know everybody's uh, experience in this case that you know, we're talking specifically about the binding piece that your what you get out of it and what draws you to it is probably mm-hmm. different than what draws another woman to it. We're also individual. But I do think, and I'm just curious what you think, because you talk to a lot more women about this and see a lot more women stepping into it than I do on your day-to-day life. I do get this sense that it is a, you know, it's a lot of things, but the common denominators seem to be containment and the tension between restriction Mm. and breaking through restriction. Yes. And I'm going to add on just a little, kind of little. Yeah, go ahead. That's what I'm asking. L- little, little bit of pain. pain. Yes, yes. A little I bit of that the pain. Mm-hmm. The pain that's that's pleasure. That's the beauty of this discovery, Laura, however you take it, is normalizing how your body receives and turn on, how your body receives pleasure. Because yeah. there's so it's not one size fits all. Some women love to wear the choker with the dog collar. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it makes them feel erotically charged. Some people like the restraints on the arms. Some women like no restraints and to be in a big flowy gown. It's really idiosyncratic. Yeah. And that's why it's so beautiful because your process help takes women through the process of that discovery of, yeah. of, of discovering what turns them on and what feels erotic. Yeah. Look, we spend our whole lives, Laura, you can remember when you were in grade school and you used to wear like the little felt caps and you mm-hmm. used to wear plaid skirts. And then you went to junior high school and, and you, and you wore like the hippie outfit with the long hippie he- gray <laughs> beads. And then you went to college and, and you wore the preppy outfits and because we were expanding and exploring who am I in the world. Right. Yeah. And then you kind of hone in on who you are. What clothes do you wear? How do you express who you are? It's your style. That's your erotic style. That never happened for your erotic body. So that is what women need to do now to explore who they are. Yeah. How they express themselves. That's just one part of the journey on what's a beautiful journey. Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed in the 23 years I've been teaching that there are 10 different iconic body types. Tell me what they are. Well, there's... I do remember them all because I teach them and they're, and they're very interesting. I've seen thousands of women dance and Mm -hmm. they always have one of these 10 that is the essence of who they find themselves to be. They're based on the emotional erotic nature of your body, right? We have five dark ones and we have five light ones. So the light ones are the lustful lover. She's based in pure hedonistic pleasure, right? There's the innocent teaser. She has an erotic energy of surprise and innocence and hope, right? There's the blissful pleaser. She's based in nurturing, loving, erotic energy. There's the champion. The champion body is based in courage and bravery in her erotic energy. We have the joyful playmate. She likes to play and interact and toss the ball around or whatever it is you're playing with. (laughs) She's, She's a fun, interactive, engaging, erotic energy. Then there's the five dark erotic creatures. 
dangerous challenger, fiery. That was who I found myself to be. I thought I was an innocent teaser, Mm-mm. dangerous challenger, a uh, deep soulful siren. She's based in depth and having experienced pain in her erotic energy, right? The shy, reluctant enigma has a little fear in her erotic energy. The naughty provocateur, she pushes back against shame. She's disobedient. She's disrespectful. She wants a nice, uh, she wants to provoke you into some kind of erotic exchange. And then the fifth one is the ice queen. And the ice queen is erotically turned on by disgust. (laughs) That is amazing. And so when you help women, and I know you have sort of the the S factor technique and you mm-hmm. you have courses and when you take women through, I mean, we don't have to get into all, we could talk for hours about the nitty gritty of the process, but when you take women through this process of discovering their an erotic creature, like which one of the 10 they are and how to unpack that, how do you help them discover that? What is, you know, for someone who hasn't yet taken your course or is curious about how to discover this, what would you advise that someone do or how do you take people through the process? What an awesome question, Laura. You're such a great interviewer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know what? That's a beautiful question. And I'll tell you, it's based on what I call the five layers of a soulfully sexy life. The layers are presentational. How do I present myself to the world? What do I want to communicate about myself and what I wear? what I yeah. do with my hair, presentational animation. How do I move? How does my body move erotically? How does my body call love and touch? If I want you to touch my ass or I want you to touch my chest or my neck, how does my body do that without my cognitive brain? Mm-hmm. When I get addicted? out of the way. Yeah. Well, how do I get out of the way and yeah. let my body be free? And then you've got this bridge. How do I emotionally connect erotically? And that's where the 10 iconic erotic creatures come in and tasting all that different energy. And then knowing who I am is the soulful layer. I'm coming to peace with the fact that I have fiery, dark, erotic energy was one of the most biggest revelations of my life Hmm. because I could actually understand why I was attracted to the man I married. Why? Because, well, he's got a lot of big, dark energy. Yeah. And I didn't realize that I was balancing it out with light, sweet energy. But when I was able to meet him erotically with that dark energy, it was like explosive. Yeah. Girl, (laughs) I'm telling you, it was so hot. It still is hot. We just celebrated 33 years together. But so what you do with presentational is you find clothes. We play with clothes. I teach you the movement, right? I teach you the basic S factor technique, which is really. Let me show you how your body wants to move through the integrity of her curves, right? I teach you about moving into sensuality and pleasure. And then I, we play with clothes like I did. Like I tried that pink outfit on. Bleh. I tried yeah. the other different outfits on. You try different clothing. What does the clothing say about you? Do you like rich, expensive stuff on your body erotically? Does it turn you on? That's more ice queen. Or do you like strappy, binding leather and chains that might be a little dc energy mm-hmm. and then you play with DC music again a dangerous challenger oh, dangerous challenger that's you okay that's me then we try music we play with music so you're it's on a it's like you're on a magical hunt for the holy grail of your body oh that's so and beautiful isn't it it's like you look for the clothing that your erotic body wants the shoes the boots the music the movement and the emotional core what is the emotional core 
And you find that through the music, the clothing, the way you move. And it's an iterative process. It's really a journey, you know, because think about it, Laura. Think about how many of us I have was shut down so yeah. early. Yeah. All of us That's were shut down. All so of us early. Don't, yeah. Don't move like that. Or don't broken open way too early. One way or the too other. Early. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that so was that certainly the case of me. I talk about that a lot, how I was over sexualized as really? a child. And as it you know, all the yes. way through. Some are completely the opposite, right? What do we do when that happens, Laura? I mean, you know, and I work with somatics. We use our muscle to create an internal armor and we shut our body down and we freeze and we right. don't move. And so much of my work, and, and this is one of the things I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about, so much of my work as it's evolved over the years and certainly as I've done my own healing, I'm, you know, my kids always call me a talking doctor, right? As a therapist. Yeah. And I'm a talking doctor who tends to talk so much less in my work because uh, so much more of it now is about the body's wisdom, about yes. releasing what the body has been so tightly holding on to yeah. and makes us sick and causes dis-ease and mm. keeps us from having pleasure and and creates re-traumatization. And it keeps you living in like 65% of yourself, if you're lucky. At best, right. Right? At best. That's where I think I was. I was at like maybe 65% of my whole potential. And that's literally, I wasn't moving my curves to yeah. their full extent. I wasn't yeah. moving my emotions to their fullest extent. I wasn't feeling lust and pleasure well, how can to the fullest because extent. All feelings come out the same channel. And this is what I'm always trying to, and you're so beautifully expressing here. I'm always trying to help people understand that we tend to squelch pain, fear, yeah, anger, yeah. and think that the channels are open then for joy and elation and bliss. And until mm -hmm. you're willing to feel it all, like it right. all comes out the same channel. And so that's one of the things that I think is so beautiful about your work. And I've, now we keep talking about me coming to one of your retreats. I know. And I'm going to, and I probably, right. you know, if anything, I'm maybe at a 70, like I could definitely, I'm sure I have umpteen gazillion things to discover about my own erotic creature. But I will say that you know, I've been to a lot of your classes. I've observed, I've you have. helped train your teachers about trauma. Yeah. You actually came and spoke at a couple of my events. Yeah, I did. And you were so sweet. You even included me in that beautiful, you guys have to watch the Netflix documentary, oh. Strip Down, Rise Up. We had that little scene together where I was talking to your teachers. I was watching, as I watch your classes, you can see all of these erotic creatures and express. Yes. And you yes. can see these women of all these different walks of life and body types. It's incredibly beautiful yeah, and inspiring. It's really I mean, when, beautiful. when you see women and those that identify as feminine, when you see them living to their fullest expression, it's jaw droppingly inspiring and beautiful. It's like how I think men must feel when they watch like the greatest ba basketball players, you know, <laughs> when you watch like, right? when you watch like a sports guy going yeah. down that court and making like a layup. But you're on the court with them. That's what I think That's is so right. cool. And what I also think is so cool is that it's women doing it together. Yes. And like high, you work elevating. with groups, they help I each do. other. Because emotions come up as they do yes. when you get out of the way and let your body do what it's been wanting to do, right? That's what somatic 
experiencing therapy is, is that's been the hugest part of my healing over the past year is making it a Mm -hmm. practice to sit down, shut off my brain, tune into my body and let it just do whatever the hell it wants to do. And And when you do that, stuff starts coming out. Right. That isn't pretty. But what I thought was so gorgeous is that as that happened, then it didn't happen all the time, but as that tended happened to some women, they were surrounded by just Mm. so much love and so so much much love from their classmates, which I thought, I mean, it was such a beautiful thing to see because we don't see it enough of Mm -hmm. women holding space for each other, much less for each other's erotic creatures full expression, right? No, so, it's so yeah, true. And you, and you know what? I call it the five feminine geniuses, right? Because we've been told that emotion's bad, Laura. Yeah. Don't cry. Don't be angry. Hush, yeah. hush. Don't be we've too told, big. Don't be too yeah. big. Don't wear that. Don't show that. So we've heard the word don't our whole lives since we come out of the womb. And what S-Factor is based on is what I call the five feminine geniuses. It's based off of Luann Brizendine's work. You know, Luann, who is the yeah, neuropsychiatrist. Yeah. She's a, a dear friend. I want to normalize what it is to be a feminine creature. And I want to elevate the five feminine geniuses because the world we live in hushes the geniuses of the feminine and then degrades it. And that is emotionality. The ability to emote is a very beautiful gift of the feminine. And all of our channels get clogged in a really masculine world. And S-Factor is about unclogging all Mm -hmm. of those channels. And it's about curve of movement. We're told, no, don't move like that, right? I mean, the fact that we can, with conscious awareness of deep intentional embodiment, we can move our curves to the 100 degree potential, that's life changing yeah. in and of itself. In and right? of itself and unbelievably healing. Yeah. And, and sensuality. Sensuality. Uh, so it goes, it goes curve of movement, sensuality, emotability, connection and communication with the feminine healing, the feminine and intuition. It's the body knows best. And it like you does. said, the body is like the elephant. She never forgets a friggin' thing. No. And she holds on to so much. And, and yeah. that I 100% believe is what causes not, at least 90% of the chronic and life-threatening illnesses that we get is our bodies. Yeah. ease. I totally agree with you. I have a question for you because you speak so beautifully about your healing over the last year. And you talked about when you can turn your brain off and get just free in your body. You say it so blithely, but that's not easy. It's not easy. That journey of turning your brain, your thinking, critical thinking mind off, mm-hmm. that's hard. How did you do it? I could do it with tremendous effort before and with mm-hmm. tremendous support before of a somatic experiencing therapist and whatever else. And it was an yeah. effort because I'm such an intellectualizer and always was in my brain and had to make a conscious effort to come back into my body, but was not naturally there because I learned right. like most of us from a very early age to be primarily disassociated, right? Up up yep. here in my brain. That's what I was rewarded for. That's how I was so successful. I'm yep. very smart. I'm very, you know, like that's where my kudos were, not in the body. And that, and the body was where the pain was. So I wasn't right. there unless I needed to be. And I could have tons of pleasure there, but I would like need to conscientiously come back into it rather than just yep. live in it. And so I think what it was for me was in this case over the past year was just the worst, most horrific 
earth shattering, body shattering, brain shattering trauma and law, my brain wasn't even functioning anymore. You right, know, right, like there is right. no way to get intellectual about this. No. And I also knew from past experience of when I didn't allow myself, when I stayed in my brain and I fought it away or I found purpose in it or I talked it out or I just mm. pushed it aside, you know, when I'd had other big losses and then I got really sick. That's how I had breast cancer. Within a year of my mother dying, I was taping a show for own. I was too busy. I had too much to do. I yeah. made meaning out of it at all. You know, I made a whole spiritual story about it, which was not necessarily untrue, but I didn't ever allow myself to feel it. There was no time yep. for that. Within a year, I had breast cancer and wow. the same my mother did. And so wow. I knew when Sammy died, like the, every cell in my body knew I was going to die, like yep. literally die if I didn't let myself fully feel that. And then my next thought was, because I know a lot of mothers like me are like, yeah, I'm just waiting to die so I can be with them. That was not my thought. My immediate thought was, I want to live, not just for my other children and my husband, but because it became so abundantly clear what a miracle life is and how quickly that can change. And that I've been given this gift of life that I'm not going to waste and I'm not supposed to waste. So I, I was very clear that I wanted to live and I knew I wasn't going to live if I stayed in my head and I needed Uh -uh. to let my body be fully with the pain. And I, with intention made that commitment and I went deep. I mean, I went deep into it and continued to make it a practice. I don't prescribe that or subscribe that, that you let something horrific happen, you know, so that- No, you don't have to do it your way. Yeah, (laughs) you don't have to. Right, but you know, I remember I I was peripherally with you along that journey. I remember when it happened and I've been texting you along. And I watched you and I watched you dance with the headphones on the beach and the grieving process. Mm -hmm. It makes me want to, it brings actual tears to my eyes talking about it with you now. Yeah. Because the body is so brilliant and there are things the body needs to say it that does. words, words cannot, do not encompass the feeling, especially of the feminine in all of us. And when I say feminine, I'm not talking gender and I'm not talking sexual assignment. I'm talking all of us have feminine energy yes. and that feminine energy it's a genius at emotion and at emoting. And yes. so to watch that journey with you, my love, because I remember you before the hyper intellectual, I was like, yeah. I am in awe of your mind. I've oh, always okay. been in awe of your mind, but to watch you bridge that gap into the land of no intellectual mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. And is so profound. And that is the journey of S Factor is going from the intellectual mind into the body to reclaim all the pieces that have been shut down. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. And it's also Mm. so beautiful just for me to watch and to be there and to be in the energy of it, much less to experience it. Because one of the things that has come up and some of the things that I've, you know, I remember I came and talked to your teachers about this. I think we may have even included this. I think this might've been what was part of that documentary, the Netflix special, because in order to do this work that you, this beautiful soul filling Mm -hmm. transformational work, stuff is going to come up as you release the armor and with the support of the community you're in the the class, Mm -hmm. as well as with your Mm -hmm. and the other teacher's support, 
you are breaking off the armor and the defenses and the blockages that have you've been using your whole life not to feel what you didn't want to feel, right? And not to experience what you didn't want to experience, not realizing that once you do that, and this has been part of my journey too. I mean, I knew this intellectually, but I'm so grateful to be experiencing the truth of it, that when you allow yourself to be with that, which you've been spending your whole life trying not to be with, that's where true bliss and freedom is found. Oh, yes. That's where the yummiest life and self-expression and self-realization, but it's a bumpy ride getting there for every Girl, single one of us. It's not one person I know that hasn't had a bumpy ride getting there to freedom, to full body yeah. reclamation. It's a heroic journey. Like I said yes. before, it really is. It is the Arthurian tale. It is finding the grail of your body, right? Yeah. Because and you have to muck, go through the, the, muck, you know, the yeah. dragons and the, yes. and the demons. And so I have been there. When women have, especially with the erotic, right? Like as you're fully stepping into your movement and your sensuality and your sexuality, all the shame that you've been repressing starts to bubble up. Memories, perhaps, of trauma Mm -hmm. or, or rejection or abandonment or shame come up sometimes even recovered memories, right? Yes. And to me, I I know I've prescribed to so many survivors of sexual trauma that I work with, prescribed Mm. your courses. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Because I do think it's probably one of the most powerful ways to reclaim and maybe sometimes claim for the first time your true sexual power. But I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to the role that trauma plays in this process? Because I know it's a byproduct of this process. It's part of the healing as well, if that makes sense. It's part of the healing journey. I love that you asked this question because I'm not a therapist and I have such regard and as you know, because of our friendship. So I present a journey that is your journey. You're the hero. You're the heroine, the champion of your body in this journey. So if you've had some kind of trauma, and this is something I've learned through the years, then I highly recommend someone find someone like you, a therapist or a a coach to come through the journey with, because some women do, they have to get get rid of it. I want to create a, a, a safe, beautiful situation for women to take their journey and reclaim their body and heal whatever they need to heal up for themselves and with whatever therapist they need to do it with because they need and they're to they're not have a mutually team. exclusive, right? They're so they're not mutually they're doing exclusive. your process and then they also have a clinician or, 100%. or a therapist who specializes in this. Yes. Not only if they know if they have memories of sexual abuse or trauma, but if they come up they don't, that's right. through the process. They need that That's, support. Yes, 100%. We actually have a, a writer that we have people um, read. And so they're very clear that this is a beautiful journey, but it's your journey. The teachers and myself, we're not going to heal you. That's not our job. My job is to present the possibility of full embodiment. And, and to show you the path. So and to show the you path. the path. And then yep. if you need a team to help you cognitively, understand what's releasing. And there have been people that have had unknown trauma, right? Oh, and it all comes the time. Up. It yep. comes up. And so the first thing I say is find someone to talk to, find someone to help you with that. 
I've done quite a bit of training in somatics and in some trauma and tension release exercises with David Bocelli. So I've studied a lot about it, but I really have such a deep respect for the therapeutic journey that needs to take place to heal as well through the cognitive mind as the somatic And to integrate it, to integrate it, right? Because because both need to get on board. And I think it's really important. A hundred percent. And so I would say of the percentage of the thousands of women that I've taught over the years, I would say that at least 33% of these women have had some kind of sexual impropriety in their life where they take this journey of healing themselves. They do it. And they do it in such an extraordinary way that their life that they thought was fine with a small F, you hear that, Mm -hmm. fine, becomes extraordinary, becomes extraordinary. Because what the erotic is to me, Laura, the erotic is bringing back aliveness into every single cell of your body so that you are titillated with your cellular aliveness and your body is able to swell toward love, right? That's what we do. Yeah, we reach out towards love. Our body swells, our nipples swell, our genitals swell. When we are completely alive and fluid and flowing, it's such a beautiful process. Yeah, I'm very respectful of of each person creating the journey and the team that they need to go through to reclaim. Well, what I think is also so beautiful about it is that it absolutely changes your erotic Mm. life, your sensual life, your sex life. But as I'm always telling these guys, our sexual energy is our creative core. It's yeah. creation energy. It creates yeah. life. If it, we life. To do that, oh it created us. We're all yes. here because of sexual energy, but also it is creative energy. And yes. talk about the channels. I know I've been doing this a long time. Creativity is intricately tied to sexual energy opening. That doesn't mean you have to be a crazy, sexually active person to be a creative person, but those Mm -hmm. channels must be open. Your erotic channel, the more open your erotic channel has nothing to do with the expression that you necessarily, you know, how you express that, right? But the more open it is, the more you create in your life, artistically, professionally, emotionally, relationally, the more expansive. Look, erotic to me is not taboo. And until we take the taboo away, right? Until we decimate it and stop the shame, the constant judgment and this constant criticism, erotic energy, as you said, is life creating energy and it is expanding. It expands and it contracts and it expands and it contracts. And you know what that does when you study, I mean, you've studied somatics, it causes the tubes within our body to stream energy and stream Mm -hmm. and flow energy. That's all creative energy, right? Mm -hmm. So is erotic having sex? No. Erotic energy is the energy I choose to live my life with when I go out grocery shopping. I want all of my senses turned on. I want my cells turned on. I want every part of my body and my being to be alive and enlivened. So I call erotic energy aliveness and creating and is about alive, bringing something to life. Yes. How do you bring something to life when you're not feeling alive? It's a struggle, right? 
It is. It's force versus flow. You're reminding me of another question that I would love your perspective on. And it's come up in my mind to to talk to you about this a couple of times in this conversation. So Mm. erotic expression, right? Or sensual expression and the way the confusion that as a society (laughs) we have between what is an erotically confident self-expression and what is that, as you called it, that third eye, that like, I am in my sexual power because I am sexually attractive to and approved of as a sexual Mm -hmm. expression by the male-dominated world, or in this case, (laughs) what I'm about to ask you about, social media, versus personal, sexually empowered, sensually erotic expression. And so there is this epidemic of Mm -hmm. very young girls all the way up with the likes and everything else, but very erotically expressing online. And it makes me so uncomfortable because it's so the, the vibration of these images is not at all like you can feel it. You can feel the difference Mm -hmm. between someone's erotic image. Like when you post an erotic image of yourself, the energy of that image is so different than Mm -hmm. the image I see of this other 16 year old or 50 year old, whoever she is showing me her ass on the beach or in the sexy outfit or whatever. Like it's so encouraged and supported and and promoted and like-worthy on social media, especially. And I'm just wondering if you can speak to the difference and what your thoughts are in this, because it feels physically painful to me, not because I don't want women to show whatever parts they want to show and be as sexy as they want to be. Like, I think that's wonderful. But the intention and the energy behind it feels really sad and disconnected to me in a way that makes me worry about where we're going. I hear you. And if I could go back into what I talked about, the five layers, the five layers of a a soulfully sexy life. Number one is presentational, right? And what's the number one most powerful sense of the masculine culture of a male person? Insight. Yeah. Visual. So what do we all want? The feminine wants to be approved of. We want to be seen. We want to be validated and valued. Mm-hmm. So when we dress up presentationally and we show our ass, we show our breasts and we're doing it for another eye, Yeah, there's no pleasure in it. Yeah. It's almost like being, you're like the one trick pony. Like a, you're like, you're like being trotted out to be seen as an object yes. as opposed to embodying the pleasure of being divinely feminine, the pleasure and the euphoria of the pleasure of my curve and the way I move. And that's the difference between what you're seeing. You're feeling my emotional heart in my erotic images yeah. on my Instagram. And what you're not feeling, you're feeling a disconnect. You're feeling yeah. a dissociation. Yes, it's what, a dissociation. You're feeling a dissociation yeah. from self. You're feeling someone objectify themselves so that they get valued and attention. Right. Which feels I more mean, damaging to me than not posting it. You know what well, I mean? Well, it's hollow. Like, it, it's yes. hollow. It's, vac- yeah. it's vapid because after the lights go out and the Instagram is turned off and the camera is shut down, you're left alone with yourself as a yeah. 16, 15-year-old, 14-year-old, however old you are. And, you, and you're left feeling like you still feel like I am not 
radiating from the inside yeah. out. I can really, make my, I don't, my value doesn't exist unless uh-uh. it is being seen upon uh, with approval and lots of likes. Right. Yeah. And I'm getting lots of men in my DMS or lovers yeah. in my DM wanting to touch me or see me or have sex with me. And so what you're seeing is a vapid and you're feeling it because you're super intuitive is you're feeling that vapidness. But guess what? Most people in our culture, they don't care. Yeah. They're getting likes. And it all starts with social media. Social media has turned our beauty into something that is like commerce. It's a commodity that we exchange for likes and attention. And the most valuable thing anyone owns is their time and their attention. And so, wow, if I have his attention or her attention, then I'm rich. Then the lights go out, the cameras go off. And what do you have? You have someone sitting home alone, feeling dull and disconnected. And they take the makeup off, they take the clothes off. And where's their feminine radiance that's supposed to be coming from the inside out? It's still dormant. It's still asleep. It's still shut down. And it's dependent on the external. Yeah. And whatever that approval is, it's not really landing because it's approving something that is an illusion. It's It's a fucking illusion, girl. You know, it's, I mean, I look at these things. I look online and it's everything. You can take yourself and face tune everything. You can tighten your waist and everybody's faking them. They all trying to look like one person or one celebrity or another, and they don't know who they are is a beautiful, erotically powerful force of nature. They don't have the force within themselves. And this I've always said to women, because, you know, you'll see not on social media, but in real life, right? You will see a woman. This is important for people to know about your classes every possible shape, yes. every possible color, every possible shade, every possible size, age, you can imagine all age, all claiming this sensual inside out light, right? Rather yeah, than outside. Yeah. And you see in the world people who don't meet, you know, your traditional standards mm-hmm. of what society says is beautiful that have potential Something. partners like falling over their feet. Yep to be with them. And that is, they're living in their full erotic energy and their full erotic expression. Laura, I call it the S factor. Uh, Yeah. Remember remember in Hollywood, they used to say the it factor. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's someone that's completely and deeply soulfully connected to all the vital parts of themselves, which is the erotic is such a vital part. Magnetic. Magnetic. Yes. Magnetic. Can I tell you a little story? Do I have time? Yeah. When I was first doing the film 25 years ago, 24 years ago, and I was going around to all the different strip clubs in town. And, you know, it wasn't cool at the time. People were still very judgmental about strip clubs and strippers, and it was awful. And I loved them, and I love them then. I love them now. I'm think, I think they're gorgeous. But I went to a club called Sam's Hofbrau in LA, East LA downtown kind of weird area. I walked in with my husband and we looked up on stage. And before I looked at stage, every single eye, every human being in that room was the stage was high and they were looking up and their mouths were slightly open and they were looking up so reverentially. And I was like, oh my God, there must be like a Marilyn Monroe lookalike up there. And I turned my head to look at the dancer. And she was about 300 pounds. She had short, curly black hair. She was the most beautiful thing I've Mm -hmm. ever seen because she was 
completely radiating from the inside out. She moved as if she was like ice skating at like the the ice skate follies. And she was just (laughs) so eloquent in her movement and graceful. It was one of the most humbling moments of my life Mm -hmm. because the male gaze helped me understand the profound beauty of every single feminine creature. We were created, our bodies were created in the shape of love to be and attract love and to attract attention, to attract value. If we just let the integrity of radiating from the inside out, if we could just get back to normal, get back to pure ownership of the body, it was really stunning. Mm, Beautiful. That's a beautiful place to end, even though I could Because that's the truth for all of us, even though I could talk to you for five hours. What do you have happening, first of all, that we can join? All right. Well, one of the best things that happened to me because of COVID, and I know COVID, it was horrible, but I closed my studios and I went virtual. Mm. And I am now doing the six-month journey that you see in the film, Strip Down, Rise Up. I took that six-month journey that you watch the women go through in that movie, and I'm doing it online. And I only do it once a year. So Strip and Rise is what it's called. It's an S-Factor journey. And Strip and Rise 2022 just started. And you can sign up. And if you have your special code, you can come in whenever you're ready to come in and you can see the back classes. And uh, I want you to start your journey with me in this virtual class. If oh, you I, to- I think I totally will. So we'll make the code. We're going to put it in the show notes. So in the show notes under this podcast, you can get the code. You can sign up for the S Factor Strip and Rise. Yeah. Strip and Rise. Definitely watch. Is it still available on Netflix? Oh, yeah. Documentary? Watch the it documentary is. by the same title. I make a little appearance in it as well, but it's really moving and beautiful. And I'm just so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for what you're doing in the world and Thank the you. gift that you are and the gift that you're giving us. Thank you. Give. I'm excited to join up. I can't wait to see your beautiful face in my on my screen. Yeah, because they're live, right? And then you can watch They're the live. Recording. Yeah. They are live. It's me and a few other teachers teaching and it is six months of pure. The one thing about this, and I just wanted to say this before we end, it's deeply transformational, but it's also so badass sexy, so fucking fun and wild. And it's a beautiful convergence of international feminine women who are like, I am going to have fun in this beautiful body and explore my sexuality and my erotic. And so be prepared for big fun. All right. I like big fun. Big fun and bigger sexy. <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you so, so much, Sheila. I want to do is take you home with me. I want to make a move. I want to make a move back.